Welcome to Leonard Lopate at Large. I'm Leonard Lopate. As our regular listeners know, there are a few building issues that our favorite masters of home repair, Alvin and Lawrence Ubell of Accurate Building Inspectors of Brooklyn, don't know how to fix. Over the years, they have inspired millions of hesitant do-it-yourselfers to take repairs into their own hands. Alvin served as the Household Hints and Safety Editor with Family Circle Magazine for over two decades, and he was a regular on ABC TV's Good Morning America for five years, also on ABC's Talk Radio Network for five years. And we've been doing shows together for 43 years now. Lawrence is the President and Chief Inspector of Accurate Building Inspectors, and he's been a regular on these shows for the past three decades. As the New York metropolitan area starts to ease back into reopening, we've asked Alvin and Larry to suggest some of the ways that we can make the transition as safe as possible and what businesses can do to protect the safety of their employees and customers. Alvin and Larry Ubell join us now to offer their especially valuable expert advice during these uncertain times of pandemic. And we invite you to join the discussion. Our number, the number to call is 212 212- Two zero nine two eight seven seven. That's two one two two zero nine twenty eight seventy seven. Alvin and Larry, welcome back to our show. Hey, how oh, are pleasure you? to be here. <laughs> and, and the governor, Governor Cuomo, has just announced that uh, the city is delaying indoor dining until it is deemed safe because of troubling times of lack of social distancing and mask wearing along with worries about travelers from hotspot states bringing the, the coronavirus to the city uh so um uh, i guess uh, we really don't have to worry about uh doing much right now or uh, should we already be in the process of doing things well I, what we figured out is that uh, there's a lot of people that uh, can't get out of the house or something like that, and it's like they're locked up in their own home or self, in, self, uh, uh, say, uh, staying away from everybody else. But there are things you can do around the house and maybe fix up things that you want to fix up or make it better or cleaner or work out something. And we can give you a list of things that I think people could could do around the house so they don't get bored out of their skull. Now, Larry, uh, the governor said that air conditioning may be spreading the virus. He uh, he urged companies to install high efficiency filters that can block small particles. Uh, the uh, what do they call the um, the uh, the HEPA, HEPA filters? But there are no HEPA filters for the home, are there? Well, you can well, buy a uh, you can buy a higher efficiency uh a higher efficiency filter which will take out more of the particulates the problem is is that some air conditioning units um cannot manage that reduction in that reduction in 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 airflow and therefore could put undue stress on the air handler or the fan and can cause the fan to burn out. So that is a problem. It's not just like take out, you know, one filter and slip in another and everything is good because the systems are not designed that way. So that has to be uh, very, that has to be uh, really uh, managed by uh, someone who's an expert on the equipment. But more so, um, the, you know, from everything that we've heard 
to this point, and obviously it's an evolving science, and that's what science is in general. What you knew yesterday may be completely di different than what you know today. And But what we know about the evolving uh, characteristics of the coronavirus is that generally speaking once it gets a, once it become, becomes once it hits the ground which that is the whole issue about the 6 feet to 8 foot distancing that once the um, the, the moisture particles uh, hit the ground it becomes less of an issue so how how long these particles float in the air is really the thing that needs to be determined by the science community and whether the air conditioning will make a difference anyway. Um, and so and we were told to wipe everything down at the beginning, and now we're told that surfaces are not really an issue. It's mostly talking first and coughing second. Exactly, or singing, yelling, screaming, <laughs> anything that, you know, I mean, this uh, is a reason why- You're ruining my life. Really well, this is really a reason why couples need to stop fighting. Um, <laughs> but, but, but that point notwithstanding, um, I think that we have to stick with the, with, um, and this is probably going to be the, maybe one of the last times you'll ever hear me say this, but Mitch McConnell's right. Put on a mask. Oh, it's not no. that complicated. You know, it's, uh, that is, I think, what we need to do, and it, and it has to happen. Um, but I think that um, as far as changing the filters or cleaning the filters in your air conditioning system, I think that is, um, that is something that we should consider. And also, I think considering using disposable filters in air conditioning units. You can. Um, that way, you pull the filter out and you throw it away. You don't try washing it. Um, and that might be another alternative to, uh, However, to getting those, rid those Taking out a filter that is clogged with uh, particulate matter from the uh, from the environment, those filters have to be taken out carefully and immediately put into a plastic bag and sealed up tight until you can dispose of it. But because sometimes that particulate gets spread around when you remove the filter, so that's a thing that you have to be careful of. And and Alvin, you sent me you sent me some notices about concerns about thermostat settings and how and turning it up and down. Um, what were you warning us about there? Well, people thought there are a lot of people that think about thermostats. They're almost they think that they're like the throttle of a car. That if you put your foot on the pedal, the the car goes faster. And you they think that that the thermostat does the same thing, that if you press it, it'll cool the house off faster or it will heat the house faster. That is not so. It doesn't work that way. It works that the thermostat, you have to set it up a one or set it down one degree at a time and then wait till it equalizes itself with the, the amount of temperature that you want in that particular space. I uh, gave out the phone number, 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877 earlier. Uh, since we're working from different places, everybody's on phone. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard for me to know whether anybody's called in. Not yet. But we have some calls. Okay, let's nope, go to nope. a call. No, no calls yet. Okay, 212-209-2877. Anything more you want to say about... Yeah, I, I, uh, I the do, current situation before to, we move on to some other issues? Yeah, I do want to add one more thing. And I know this is being said all the time, 
and we all see the news clips of people, and it's usually younger people say, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. And I need to just address the fact that, yeah, if you get it, you get it. And that's your own life, and you can do that. But unfortunately, it's not just your own life. You drag it out to other people, anyone you meet, anyone you talk to, anyone you're around, and you're just becoming a carrier of it once you get infected. And I think it's really, uh, I think it's really self-centered, and and it's just horrible for people to think about it this way. You need to keep yourself healthy so you can keep everybody else healthy. And it's, but those yeah, people because, are because, right, those because, people are saying, if I get it, I get it, are really saying, I don't think I'm going to get it. Yeah, but then right. people who get it, people who do get it walk around there like a time bomb for other people to get it. They got to look up at themselves that if they only care about themselves and they don't care about the other people, that's just un unethical. It's just it's not a community, a community that we could work together to get rid of this virus that is injuring all these people around the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so I to get back to my original, my original point is that Unfortunately, it's not just about self-responsibility. It's actually taking care. We have to also be our brother's keeper in this particular situation, and we have to take and sister's keeper in this particular situation, and I think we need more of that. And I'm also going to say it's going to be a while before I go into a restaurant or on an airplane because it's just if I don't have to, I'm not going to. Yeah. So anyway, but 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 on the plus side of life, I have to say that at my house, I've gotten all my projects done that have not been done for probably the last three years. And since I've had this amount of time, since we actually pretty much had a shutdown since March 15th, um, it really does give an opportunity for me to get all the the honeydew list done which for those who are not acquainted with that term, it's honeydew this, honeydew that. And I've gotten, I've gotten many projects. I've got many a project done, and uh, with which from redecking my deck on the outside, painting parts of the house that needed painting, fixing things, installing things. So it's been, and I have to say, the two places I found that were the most still crowded places, or actually had people where they actually had to create social distancing, was one was the grocery store, and the other one was the home center, and. Uh, and that was, uh, and and that was the case here, where the home center was very crowded because people were doing a lot of home projects and gardening. In uh, fact, uh, in- I have a friend who has a gardening center, and he says business is up this year. Yes, and more people are doing their own garden, whether mm-hmm. they're just a uh, a window garden of herbs and some minor smaller vegetables or they're doing a whole planting in their backyard and cordoning off areas to do gardening. Uh, you see a lot of it. You see a lot of people at the home centers, you know, with their uh, carts full of plants and soil and, and everything else that you need for such, for such plantings. So that's now, that I, go ahead. No, no, you, you go. Uh, Alvin sent me a, a number of other things that we can discuss, and one of them the, that strikes me as apropos of the moment is uh, the matter of, of windows being difficult to open, because uh, during the cold months, we just keep those windows closed. But now, suddenly, uh, sometimes we don't want to use air conditioning. We just want to open up the window, and it isn't always the easiest thing to do. So well, what do you recommend? 
Well, as far as most windows are concerned, what happens to what, what I have found over the years that that people don't lubricate the window frame. I mean, there are chemicals uh, uh, that are spray uh, lubricants, but I find with most windows it works very well with a cake of soap, and you rub mm. it into the tracks tracks of the window or anything that is rubbing against something else, and you put a little soap on it, and then you run the window up and down or side by side, and that lubricates the, the track for a considerable length of time. It happens to be a kind of lubricant that the soap happens to be some kind of lubricant that doesn't dry out as quickly as uh, regular types of lubricants. And it doesn't it matter what soap well. you use? Any kind of soap that you bathe bar soap. with. Bar soap yeah, is, the, bar. Is, is the best. Liquid soap is not a good thing to use because that sometimes cakes mm. up. But uh, mm -hmm. bar soap is the best. Whatever it is, the cheapest soap that you can purchase or the end piece of soap that is so small that you can't bathe with it. And that's mm -hmm. what I would tell people to use. But if the window you... is stuck, and that's really what most people deal with, you know, getting it to go up and down, once it's going up and down, like my father said, using uh, soap, or even uh, if you have a, a candle where it's down to the nub at the end and you don't want to use it anymore, you can use that also to rub into the track. But getting the window open, when getting the window open um, is probably sometimes problematic. The first thing you have to do is you would take a utility knife with a, with a razor blade and cut the paint that's between the window sash, the sash is the part that goes up and down, and the window frame, that's the part that stays uh, in, in place, and cut the paint all the way around the sides and the bottom. Once you got the paint cut, then you might want to tap the window, and I don't mean bang, I mean tap, with either a rubber mallet or the, you know, the back end of a screwdriver, and just tap it all the way around until you get all that paint broken, and then you try yeah, to work the then you try to work the window up and down, and then that will probably uh, result in in an effective opening and closing of the window. Alvin, yeah, also a, just a plain block of wood sometimes is a good hammer to use because it doesn't do any damage to anything else like that. That's, mm -hmm. That's similar to having a rubber or hardwood mallet uh, to strike something so that you crack the paint or you crack crack something that is binding that window. Also, a fist works also pretty good. Um, <laughs> uh, that works, you know, just tapping it with the side of your hand, you know, in a fist will also be effective. But that's really the thing about getting the windows up and down. Once you get up and down, then you have to deal, hopefully there's a screen in there. If you don't have a screen, you might want to go out and purchase one of those uh, uh, screens that, you know, open up and fit into the bottom of the window and close the window on top of the screen. Just remembering that when a window is in the open position, there is an air gap between the upper and lower sash where, we're, where bugs and air can come in through that upper and lower sash. That's more of an important situation if you're putting an air conditioner in. But even if you're trying to keep bugs out, which, you know, we are going to be hitting, in, hitting into the good, the, the prime mosquito season soon. So if you're in an area like I am in Staten Island where the, uh, where the burrow bird is the mosquito, um, <laughs> you, you, do want, you do want to do something to prevent that from happening. 
My guests on Leonard Lopit at Large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM are two regulars, Alvin and Lawrence Hubel of Accurate Building Inspectors of Brooklyn. And when they come here, we take calls from listeners. Uh, it does not have to be about the topics we've been discussing. If you have any home repair questions that uh, you would like answered, we invite you to call us at 212 209 2877. That's 212-209-2877. And um, so far, uh, my memory holds out uh, over the the many years that I've been talking to the U-Bells. They've never not known, ha- never not had an answer to a listener question. So um, I guess uh, if uh, there's some home repair problem you have, whether it's about stairs, whether it's about sinks, whether it's about windows or electric plugs or door hinges or or clogged drains. Uh, you can give us that call. Again, the number 212-209-2877. And what, what are some whatever, of the... What, yeah, Go ahead. Whatever it is, whatever it is, if it don't work, call us. <laughs> So, Alvin, what are the, some of the things that often we talk about stairs and things like that during these segments? But uh, what are some of the important issues you you've been thinking about recently? Well, the thing that I find that people talk to me about is really uh, fixing the small things around the house where uh, electric plugs fall out of the walls, or or uh, you have a sink that has like an aerator or strainer on it and it squirts water all over the place, and it's not being taken care of. Those are simple kinds of devices that people can really fix themselves. Some people don't have appliers in their house that they can unscrew those aerators or something like that. But I find a nutcracker, who, uh, which has a use of what they call the fulcrum strength of opening something up, or even using a nutcracker to open up a screw-top bottle on something that is frozen shut. So those people have tools around the house that are appliances for cooking and cleaning, which can be used to fix things around the house. And they just got to recognize what they have and what they don't have. Uh, But if you were recommending that somebody uh, who was thinking of going to uh, one of the uh, the stores where Lowe's or Home Depot or one of those, the the local hardware store, uh, what are the basic tools that you think everybody should have in the house a hammer a screwdriver a, a well, set of you pliers should have a, you should have a hammer that it's not don't buy one of these heavy 16 ounce hammers if you can find something that's smaller than that so that you can tap in say a small nail or fix a, a or or even use it to crack nuts on it <laughs> a hammer is great for cracking walnuts uh also a, a small pliers would be great the kind of pliers that I like very much is the locking kind of pliers that locks in place so it almost gives you a third hand to work with if you need something like that. And it, it is a, those are great kinds of tools. Uh, also, what you should have is a tape measure or ruler because sometimes you have to measure something so is that when you go to the hardware store or home center, you have to tell them how much you need of something. 
and mm-hmm. feet and inches seems to work very well. And a lot of people don't have rulers around the house that can do that kind of measuring device. But a tape measure so can be folded up so small, it doesn't take up any real space. Right. It, the, a tape measure uh, is very, and sometimes you can find them in places that they use for advertising, and that's perfectly all right. You're not measuring to be really accurate. You're just measuring to get a certain amount of material or space or how big is the window or how how big is the pipe, what's the diameter of the pipe. Well, what you need sometimes requires a measurement. And small measuring devices do very well for that. But I'm going to add that of the list of, uh, of tools that would be a basic, aside from a flathead screwdriver, a Phillips head screwdriver, uh, both number well, two. Well, it's called, well, there are, today, there are many types of uh, screw devices that lock in with a screwdriver. They have uh, all kinds of uh, square heads, and they have what they call a, a flathead screw. They have a, a Rexic type of screw. They have all kinds. So what if you're going to buy a screwdriver, it's best to go into the store and buy a set of screwdrivers. You don't need large okay. ones. I'm going to now interrupt and say you're wrong. Okay? <laughs> I think that, I think, okay, I think that you are wrong because wrong. that is not what people want. That's not people going to be using. They buy a whole set of stuff. They're not going to know what to use. They're going to have all these things that they have no use for in the set. And in the set, they always sell you the stuff that doesn't sell. So mm-hmm. you don't need – and it doesn't sell because no one but you do. It. But you do need a flathead and a Phillips yeah, screwdriver Phillips because – Number two. No, number two. You also need not only what my father was referring to, which is a vice grips, which is a locking point. He doesn't like to say the name brand, but everyone calls them a vice grip. It's the same way people call circular saw, skill saw. There are many brands, but skill was like the first company to come out, and that's what they call them. So let's skip over that. So, But the other thing is you do need what they call a channel lock or an angled pliers which is a pliers that, that reaches at an angle. And then there's a straight standard pliers. You need one of those too. I'm also going to say that once you skip past that point, an electric drill is a must. A battery-operated electric drill, and you buy a set of, of, of drill bits with it. That's also an important tool to have. Now to go off on, a, there's a new thing they have, which are these locking clamps which is a one-handle locking clamp, it is more like having a third or fourth hand because if you need to screw something to two pieces of wood together and you don't have a vise, you can use these clamps. And uh, uh, Irwin makes them and DeWalt makes them. You see them. They're very pretty, very colorful. And they usually have an opening of anywhere between 16 and 18 inches. And they make them from all sizes, from very large to tiny and they're very effective when building, when trying to assemble something that you need to hold together while, and if you're only working alone, which I tend to do quite a bit when I do my home projects, so it's nice to have another set of hands, and that works very effective. So I think that is your basic tool set. Okay. I'm going to throw okay. one more in, which is an electric screwdriver, which is really, it's like a, the, uh, the Black & Decker one is about a $20 tool, and it doesn't spin very fast, but it's great for putting in and taking out screws, and it stops you from stripping the screw heads 
because when you use an electric drill to put them in, you sometimes strip off the heads. Mm. So an now, gentlemen, we got a lot of calls coming in. Should we take oh, some? Great. Yes. Okay. VAI, you're on the air. Speak to the U-Bells. Hello. Hello. I'm 74, and I uh, love the radio, and I have radios in every room. But every single radio I buy, after a time, uh, to turn it on and to turn the volume up, you have to, like, bang it. It somehow doesn't uh, (laughs) – something happens to it where you've got to bang it to make the sound come out. And it happens every single radio I have. Is that because you listen to WBAI all the time? That's right. So you want to bang the radio. I got it. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to bang the radio so I can hear the voices. Also, I was um, have a radio in every room because as I walk through the house, I can't hear the one in the bedroom. It's, uh, it's an apartment, rather. So what's um, happening, I think, what's happening is the banging or having to is that where and and I'm I'm assuming that you know there's a volume switch and the vo, the volume knob stops working or the on off switch yeah there's a working. definite volume switch but it's you know there's a turning kind and then there's the kind on a stereo system that goes up and down the same thing happened with that yeah what's happening is dirt is get that's basically a uh, a rheostat or a or a variable resistor in there and dirt is getting in there and causing it. To stop functioning, um, and it makes it, you know, staticky, or it makes it not even operate. And one of the things you can get is a stereo tuner cleaner. And if you spray the stereo, the stereo tuner cleaner into the uh, into that air into where the uh, where the knob is, it will clean out the dirt and will and it will start working again. Okay. okay. Well, you know, Radio Shack doesn't exist anymore, and I also no, I'm, I'm, can't I'm, find any more uh, radio repair stores. Do you know of any? Well, I'm going to. Would, say, would that be at a, just a normal, normal hardware store? Well, yeah. that, like she said, like she said, they're hard to find, and and that's one of the and that's one of the issues. But um, give me a second, stereo, stereo cleaner. Luckily, yes. at home, I actually what, have a computer. What happened? Okay. Well, Alvin, let me talk. Um, yeah, I'm going to say a horrible word, Amazon. On Amazon, Ooh. you can actually you, – yeah, I know. But there are some mail orders, so you look on a computer, and you, and you Google stereo cleaner, and you can find what we're looking for here. Or just call up uh, the local hardware store and see if they have it. Um, that will – that will be effective in cleaning out and fixing your uh, your your uh, radio. And thank you, thank you so much for calling us. We have a lot of calls, and we're uh, we're going to try to jam a bunch in. Let's go to another mm-hmm. call. Bai, you're on the air. Hi, am I on the air? You are. Yeah. I'm Excellent. so pleased that My you that you got Barbara. through. I'm calling from Long Beach, New York. I mm-hmm. have a central air conditioning unit. I've been in the house for six years, and I have not had the ducts cleaned. Should I have them cleaned, and how often? The, the short that, answer is yes, but the longer answer is where is it? The real question is, is how does your filter look, and how often do you change your filter? I do change my filter frequently. I just put in a new one. I did have the AC tune-up. Okay. And the filter itself, is it located at the unit or is it located 
near the inside the near the room. It's in the ceiling in the house. Okay, so it's actually in the room. So yeah, there are two places they could put the filter. These are sometimes adjacent to the unit itself. It's part of the air conditioning heating system, or it's actually surface mounted. In my case, it's surface mounted on a wall. In your case, it's surface mounted on a ceiling. Those filters tend to be a lot tighter and tend to let a lot less dirt through. Um, and so it's and and also the fact that it's available and easy to get to means that you're cleaning it more often, so you're not having dirty filters there. But being you've been there for six years and whoever and you were not the first owner, it was probably never cleaned. So my advice to you is a cleaning now would be a great idea. And it also will, you know, the 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 problem with dust is that it promotes dust mites. And that's something you want to get rid of. And so I would say the answer is yes, you should have the ducts cleaned. So okay? there aren't okay. any vents in the ceilings in the house, mm -hmm. so they would clean well, those as well? Yeah, they would take off all the, all the air registers and, and, and put a vacuum cleaner up the duct work and suck out all the, all the loose dirt that's in there. Can, and then put can the you do it yourself with, with a vacuum cleaner? No, because no, you, need a you long cannot flexible, do Yeah, because you need a long flexible hose, mm. and also, I mean, you're standing on a ladder, and mm. whether these vents are in the ceiling, and it could be problematic. I'm not one for encouraging people to fall off ladders, you know. Mm. But once so every right six now, years is quickly. okay, it seems to me. Yeah, yeah I, but now would be a good time. I mean, uh, you know, now and then I, every two years, every three years. I no, I would. Not even that often, especially if the fil the thing is, if the filter is working, you shouldn't get that much dirt in the ductwork. I mean, the way you could tell if you actually have dirty um, or dirty uh, uh, ductwork or a non-functioning filter is at the air registers, you will see black streaks in the corners. And so those black or gray streaks coming out of the air register will indicate uh, dirt that's in the air that's coming out. If your air registers are clean, so in other words, if you take your finger and you get up on a step stool and put and run your finger like you're doing a dust, you know, an inspection dust test with your finger and you get no dirt on your finger, it means that A, your filter is working well and it's, it, it's positively installed, but also that the ducts are not regurgitating a bunch of dust into the air. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you for your call. And we have good to take question. a little break, but question. I want to get back to our guests in uh, just a, a, a few moments. And if you're on the line, if you're calling, please be patient. We will try to get to everybody who is calling in. So uh, this is Leonard Lopate at Large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM. Listen to what I'm putting down 
Before we get back to my conversation with Alvin and Lawrence Hubel, uh, Packard Building Inspectors of Brooklyn, New York, I need to talk to you about something very important. Uh, I'm sure that you've heard by now that, like most public radio stations across the country, WBAI has been hit particularly hard by the pandemic. Uh, a lot of our longtime supporters have been forced to pull their financial support for the station because uh, suddenly they find themselves without a job, which is why we're asking anyone who's able to in this time of crisis to please step up, make a contribution of any amount to help keep community radio and Leonard Lopez at large on the air and coming to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. We don't take uh, we don't take ads on the station. We don't uh, uh, have any funding from uh, foundations and the like. Uh, we really do remain totally independent by relying on our listeners uh, to come through for us. And, and the way to do that is by calling right now at 516-620-3602 or by going to our website, give to wbai.org. That's give and then the number two, wbai.org. And one great way to support the station without having to shell out a lot of money at one time is to become a BAI buddy. There, there are listeners who contribute $10 or more each month to keep the station running and show their support for what we do on this show. And joining me now to uh, fill in some details is my executive producer, Jesse Lent. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Leonard. Great to be here. Yes, BAI buddies are really the lifeblood of WBAI, of our whole funding model. Uh, the, the small amount, the $10, the $20 that we collect each month from every BAI buddy is what allows us to look down the road and know uh, these are how many shows we can have on the network. These are the kind of events we can do. And I think most importantly, these are the shows, i.e. the ones with the most BAI buddies that are resonating with listeners. And, you know, Leonard and I do our best to bring you shows that you'll connect with uh, every weekday, 1 to 2 p.m. But we can only do that with your help. The number to call is 516-620-3602, or you can go to the web uh, at give to wbai.org. That's give, then the number two, wbai.org. And Leonard, I feel like a show like today really is a clear indication of one aspect of what we do. Now, like I said a moment ago, we're always looking to bring you new and interesting stuff that you'll connect to for an hour in these one hour, one subject deep dive interviews. But one of the aspects of the show that Leonard and I particularly relish is our collection, our assorted regular contributors. Uh, today's show, Alvin and Lawrence Ubell, obviously regulars, but these are also people like Bob Henley, Ross and Catherine Petrus, our language experts, Bob Henley, Manona of course. Russell. Monona Russell, the industrial hygienist, taking her calls on pollution. Bob Henley, of course, the revered city and union reporter at Slate and the, the New Jersey Ledger. I, I, I'm sorry, the, the, the Chief Ledger and a bunch of other publications. You know, we think that in addition to bringing you new shows, uh, you, you know, we also believe that you get something with these guests because we know that they'll be different and interesting every time just like the you bells are and i know leonard you have a good time uh on these on these show days don't you 
I do, and I love having the audience participate. So uh, that's part of the fun. And in, in a few moments, we're going to go back to take some more calls for the Ubells. Uh, as uh, people, if you're new to the show, uh, you must have realized by now they know everything you need to know about <laughs> the problems you're going to face at home. Uh, and I am so pleased that I've known them for so long and uh, had such a wonderful relationship with them. They're terrific people as well. Uh, the, the kind of people you, you want to have. Uh, as a guest on a show like this. So please show your support for this station and for this show uh, by giving us a call at 516-620-3602. And whether you do it to become a BAI buddy at $10, $15, $20, whatever amount is you're comfortable with a month, or whether you just want to call in with a lump sum, and that could be any amount at all, uh, nothing is too small and definitely nothing is too large please give us that call at 516-620-3602 or go to our website, give2wbai.org and, and do it in the name of Leonard Lopate at large because to be honest, the, the station management looks at who is getting the support of its listeners. Anything you want to add to that, Jess? Well, the main thing I want to I left you close with is that uh, is that uh, excuse me, have been off the air for a while excuse me if i went a little long there but i just wanted to say that the windows in my apartment are very difficult to open and as soon as the show uh wraps today i am going to grab a bar of soap and attempt <laughs> the ubell fix uh <laughs> solution for that which i absolutely would believe is right i mean one quick note to listeners if you have if you're if you are holding on the line we're going to get back to the interview right right, uh, right away and so please hang on if you haven't called uh you know the ubells are also really up with all of the new covid regulations and and have some solutions of their own. So I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, yes, as Leonard said, BAI buddies are a great way to support the show, but any way you can support Leonard Lopate at large and WBAI and keep community renegade radio coming through the New York air airwaves. Once we're gone, there is no other BAI. There is no station uh, in New York. And I would even argue on the planet quite like this one. So please make that call right now at 516-620-3602 or at give to WBAI.org on the web. Thank you from all of us to anyone who's supported the show throughout this drive or is doing so right now. And uh, we're going to get back to the Ubells. And uh, let's take some calls for Alvin and Lawrence Ubell. Uh, we, if you have questions uh, uh, on anything that we haven't mentioned, for example, you have a drippy faucet or, or a faucet that squirts, you have a uh, you have uh, loose wooden door hinges. You have a clogged drain or a toilet. Uh, give us that call. On the on-air number is 212-202877. And let's go to another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello, are you there? Okay. Uh, yes. You there? Yes. There's a little bit of a delay, so sometimes people get confused. Good afternoon. Go ahead. Yes, how can, we, how can okay. we help you? I'd like to know the cause for a toilet leaking from below and what should be done. When you mean below, do you mean from the bottom of the toilet or from the toilet tank? 
from the bottom. In other words, when it's flushed, it leaks from below. At, on, on the floor, correct? On the floor. Alvin? Yeah. Yes, that, well, that means that underneath the, the toilet bowl, there's the thing called the wax ring. And sometimes... Excuse me, a what ring? A wax. Wax ring. A wax ring. Which you, which you W-A-X, Alvin? Yeah. That you can okay. buy in almost every hardware store. But in order to install that, you have to almost remove the whole toilet bowl Ooh. and all of its mechanisms and, there, uh, and clean out the, uh, the holding device or the uh, fencing uh, or fastening device and then put the wax ring on and put the toilet bowl back on again. This okay. can be, if you go to um, our website, uh, uh, accuratebuilding.com, and look up uh, the uh, Recipes for Home Repair, which is a book, it has that diagram and the procedure to put in a new wax ring when that condition leaks. What the wax ring does, ma'am, is that it creates a seal between the waste pipe and the toilet. And so the wax ring is made of this, it was originally made of beeswax. Uh, now it's made of some other materials. But what that, ring, that wax ring does is it's a soft, compound and it can expand and contract depending on the weather, depending on uh, uh, the rise and fall of the pipes themselves. So you don't have a hard connection between the cast iron pipe in the building and the toilet because if there was that hard connection, the toilet bowl could crack if there's any movement. So they create this wax ring. But over time, that wax ring deteriorates and sometimes causes a leak. And so this is, I'm going to say, if, if you live in a rental, this is definitely a, uh, a superintendent super yeah. thing. If you live in a co-op or in your own home, then this is most likely an issue that needs to be addressed by a plumber because you have to lift up the toilet. You have, it needs at least two or three people to do the job, um, and it, it could be challenging to get that wax ring in the exact right place. And you also have to clean up the whole area, it also could be the flange has cracked. That's the, 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 that's the uh, fitting that goes between the cast iron pipe and what the toilet attaches to. That's what the two bolts on either side of the toilet near the floor attach to that flange. And so you need to deal with all these issues. This is definitely a plumber or a superintendent type of job. Sorry, it's so serious. Thank you. I had just one more short. Sure. Thank you very much for that. One more short question. Where can I find a tile store in Brooklyn to get skirted tile? Uh, these hardware stores don't carry it. You know, the tile that goes at the very bottom in the bathroom on the floor. You're talking, sort of you're overlaps talking about the, the floor. Yeah, the cove tile at the bottom. Uh, What's you the really correct do, name? I mean, I have to tell you have to call a bunch of different tile stores, specific tile stores, and and uh, ask them if they have what you're looking for. Because I had the same issue. I had uh, a bathroom with old-style tile from the 1930s, and a couple of them were broken. And to find them, I went to a bunch of stores before they even could order them because not many people, you know, every, there are all these different manufacturers and some people, and even what you do get is kind of not exactly what you, what you have. 
But you, nowadays, you, you don't have to go to the stores. You can, if you find one uh, online, can't you just send them a photograph of the ones that you want replaced? You could probably do that, and or you can get someone or go online and get someone mm. on the phone and talk to them. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna send something to a manufacturer or to a supplier through the internet, you have to use a ruler alongside the piece that you want uh, so they know what size that you need uh, for that particular project. Okay. Thank you so much time. for your call. Yes. Wait, wait. What was she? What were you saying, ma'am? She's gone. Repeat. Oh, she's gone now. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. Uh, let's take another call. Hi, BAI. You're on the air. BB. It's you. Hello. Hello. Go ahead. Hello. You're, you're on. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I wanted to say my girlfriend uh, freed up her window, and it was so loose it fell down and, and trapped her for 10 minutes. Both her hands were under the window, so people have to be really careful. Did well, they, she, you know, this you just happen because of what we said? or was No, this no, no, ago? no. She did this uh, last year. Oh, she okay. Was, I wasn't around. She I was, was feeling guilty. For like 10 minutes. Well, uh, that's, you, know. you bring up an interesting point, because um, that has to do with either the sash weight or the sash springs, depending on the age of the window. And if the sash springs or the sa I mean the sash weight or the sash cords and chains are broken, then the window will not stay up. And so you have to see if the sash cords are intact. If they're held up by springs, the springs could also be broken, which is maybe one of the reasons they painted it shut in the first place. So, yes, uh, the, the man brings up a very I good called, point. Uh, every year or so, we have to throw away the air conditioners because they're moldy inside. Is there an air conditioner that doesn't have that problem, or you say, oh, no, you the can't reason it's clean getting it out? The reason it's getting moldy is your, is your uh, air conditioner is not installed properly. It needs to be pitched backwards outside so the water drains out. What's happening is your air conditioner is either pitched towards the window or level, and the water can't get out, and that, wa that water is very gross. It has a lot of bacteria in it. It's dirty. It has air dust. It has everything you need to grow some really quality mold. And so, <laughs> yeah, but what what you should do on on the where the drip pan happens to be, every so often you should spray it with a little uh, bleach uh, bleach spray just oh. to disinfect it. And sometimes that loosens up the dirt and permits it to drain out. Yeah, well, this but is I'm just going to say actually in where the air goes, you can see it's black. Yes, and because, again, the bigger problem is that it's not draining. So the, wind, huh. the air conditioning unit has to have a one or two degree down angle toward the back, toward the outside section. Mm. Without that, even what my father recommends is to spray it every now and then, you're still going to have standing water there. And as long as you still have standing water, it doesn't really matter how much bleach you throw at it. It's going to come back. Okay, and there's really no way to clean it, right? Well, I would actually, I would disagree with that, too. I think you can clean it out. Just have to use a little bit of a bleach and soap solution and clean off all the affected areas. And that should, you know, and if you can bring, put it either in a bathtub or bring it outside with a hose and, and run some water through it, you could probably get it pretty clean. I don't think that the mold oh. is inhibiting okay. the functionality of it. 
but you okay. do have but then reinstall way, it correctly right but i'm going to say if you are going to put it into a bathtub and clean it put a towel at the bottom of the tub so you don't scratch up the whole tub oh okay well thank you so much okay thank you no problem have a great uh, reggie do we have thank more calls you. yes okay let's take another call for the u bells oh hi you're on the air Hello. bai Yes, I live in a house, and uh, I have a leak in my basement wall. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of damp, and the, the paint is cracking, and the, the leak is about five feet down from below ground. Uh, what should I do to repair it? Well, that, that is very difficult to repair because the foundation, if it's masonry, is really very has a high degree of porosity that actually sucks in the water from or drainage water from the outside. That requires a, uh, a, uh, a, a, a tradesperson to dig up the outside of the foundation where it's leaking from and coat it with some uh, waterproofing material like tar or something like that. And that's an expensive project that has to be undertaken by a professional. Oh, well. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. <laughs> Are there any alternatives to that? Say that again? Are there Hello? any alternatives to uh, hiring expensive worker? Well, it's always going to leak. If you, tr- if you try to capture it and let it drain and then drain it out or something like that, uh, it's, it's just uh, a thing that you will be uh, married to to do it continuously on a regular basis. The, uh, the only thing is when water steeps through a foundation, it has to be taken care of professionally well, because it takes well, a lot you, of work to just, correct. Can I just ask you a quick question? This leak is generally in this is it is this leak generally in the same location every time? Yes. Hello? Yes. Yes, but I've only yeah. known is the leak in uh, the same location every yes. time on the interior? Yes, he says. Yes. Okay. There is a, what you could do is in that location of the leak, as opposed to fixing it, is managing the water once it gets inside. And if you could, at that location, put in a sump pit and have the water go into the sump pit, sometimes it might just drain into the ground below. But if it fills up the pit, then you put a sump pump in there and pump the water out. Thank you for your call. We have, we have very little time left, but I wanted to sneak another call in. Can you make it sure. as quick as possible, caller? Hello? Hello. Okay. Well, yes. that was pretty quick. I, I, I have a gas jet stove with uh, two jets are not working, I believe, from a food spill, uh, food spilling in, on yes. the uh, pilot light. Uh, can I yes. and should I and how, if I should, uh, fix that problem? And we have about a minute and a half. Yeah, okay. And quickly, if you can take all, you know, this is something where you've got to figure that I'm going to try to fix it. But if I if I, it goes horribly sideways, I'm going to have to call a professional at some point. But the idea is that you could pull a lot of these pieces out and then clean them in the sink with soap and water, hot soap and water, and or even OxyClean to get all the food debris out of it and then reassemble it. That okay, I mean, sounds- this is something that a brave home repair person would do. <laughs> I've done it. I mean, I've done it. I've done it a few times with my old stove before I changed to my new one, but a couple of times because it kept getting clogged up with debris, just like this gentleman is saying. And you just have to say, I'm going in. I'm going to start taking all these things apart. 
take a lot of pictures as you take it apart so you know how it goes back together, and then clean it all out and put it back together. Clean out the pilot. Use a toothpick to clean out some of these holes or a skewer, a wooden skewer to clean out these holes. Let it soak in hot water for a while with some even, even ammonia or something just to break it up. And then put it back together, and you might. And we and we have to leave it there, Larry. I'm sorry. Okay. We pretty much run out of time. How do people get in touch with you when you're not on our show? We're we're going to have you back next month, of course. But how can people get together? Get in touch with you. They can go to our website at www.accuratebuilding.com, or they can email my dad at alvin at accuratebuilding.com. And uh, you you'll answer the kinds of questions that you answer on the show. Oh yeah, absolutely. Can answer it. If he can't answer it, he'll send it off to me for me to answer it. <laughs> Thank you both so much for being on our show. we can come together. Yes. Alvin and Lawrence Ubell of Accurate Building Inspectors of Brooklyn, New York. It's always a pleasure. And that brings us to the end of today's show. If you are new to our program and you like what you've been hearing, you can access past shows streaming on demand at WBAI.org. We're also available as an iTunes podcast. And don't forget to check out Leonard Lopez at Large on Facebook and Twitter and our website, LeonardLopezAtLarge.com, where you can find links to all of our past shows. Also, if you want to reach me directly, my email address is LeonardLopate at WBAI.org. Before I sign off today, I want to take a moment to ask for your support for this station because WBAI doesn't take ads or, and even grants. So we uh, remain, we want to remain totally free of any outside pressures, but that means that we rely totally on the support of our listeners. And if you care about Leonard Lopez at Large and all of the great programs here on WBAI, we need your help to keep this station alive. Please step up right now and make a contribution at whatever level you're comfortable giving at. If you care about community radio and keeping alternative and minority voices on your local radio dial, please go to our website, give to WBAI.org, or call 516-620-3602 to make that contribution in the name of Leonard Lopez at Large. And from all of us at this station, we thank you so much. If you are becoming a member or if you've already become a member, we hope you will be able to join us tomorrow when I will be talking with the director and two of the subjects of a new Netflix documentary called Disclosure, Trans Lives on Screen. We'll see you then.